0: God is good. All the time, isn't he? Yeah. Welcome. So glad to see you all. Welcome all of you online. Glad to be in God's house with you as we celebrate Jesus. That's what it's all about, right? So last week we talked to you a little bit about, you know, your thoughts, your attitudes, your actions, and your words, right? Okay, so four of you remember that. I just was asking because there's a reason I ask. Have any uh, thoughts or attitudes today that you came, as you came to church, have you had those opportunities to exercise your disciplines and what God's asked you to do in capturing those and surrendering those to Christ? Did you have an opportunity today? So far? All right. If you bumped into anybody, if you saw somebody, I guarantee you had that opportunity. It's, a, it's something that we are dealing with as we walk with God and what He's doing with us, so... I'm guessing my back screen's not working, so I'll use my notes here, I'm not sure, but it's okay, we'll just wing it. You guys will be the ones in trouble, they are, they found it real quick, like, huh? Always, yes, see, we want to get out of here, right? (laughs) All right, well, anyway, I just, thank you, Jesus, he's amazing, isn't he? He is. He's so amazing, and I'm blessed to be with you as we gather those those thoughts right now. And we've dealt with whatever we've been dealing with, and we are even this moment just asking you right now to be open to what God has for you. We're going to take a very different approach to the service today. Um, as I was praying through this week, you know, I, I I pray about what I'm going to speak with you. I don't know the messages. I don't have them laid out or anything. But as I'm reading God's Word. He like gives me scripture that just kind of sticks in me, you know, like people talk about, I don't know how God talks, well, he doesn't literally speak with the voice to me, and uh, maybe he does to you, that's awesome, but check that voice to make sure it's him because it never goes outside of his word, but I, I know it's him when he speaks, there's this feeling inside, there's this like, just I know. Been around with him, and I know his voice, and so I grab those verses, and I put them on a Word document, and I just throw them on there, and I just kind of stack them up and just leave them and just pray and Usually, I believe that god 's going to give me that verse, and it 's going to tie into the message for that Sunday because usually it does, but probably five six weeks ago, God gave me a verse, a section of scripture, and uh, it didn 't go anywhere in the message, so I just like, okay, just let it ride on that paper, it just sits there, moving things around and it 's sitting there and sitting there, and as we were praying through this week. Uh, we were in California. If you watch the devotionals, you know that my wife and I were there with um, Mr. Pete and Mrs. Denise Thomas as they were there for uh, Pete's mother's funeral. We couldn't do it last year because of COVID, and so we were out there with them to do that service yesterday. And we drove home. I'm telling you that for a reason now. Um, as we had planned to be there and because the funeral was on Saturday we didn't know if we'd be back because it's an eight-hour drive and if we could be here for church and so i had been praying and asking God you know if there's someone you want to speak in the service on that Sunday you know and I prayed to everybody that I knew and just like felt nothing so I was like okay so I told my wife like we're getting up and we're gonna just go to the service and we're starting to drive home and be here Through this week, as we were just spending time with God in different things, the Lord began to speak to me about today, and uh, I'm very excited to be here with you and do this service from a different aspect than I think I've ever done before. So here's the deal. A lot of people, and uh, you all know this because you're getting the uh, messages and things that believe that we're in the last days right now. Many people believe and are sending messages saying, this is it, you know, Jesus is coming, the end times are upon us. We hear uh, things about the Antichrist and the beast and the mark of the beast. And, you know, none of us really understand all of that. Even if people think they do, they don't. Just read your Bible because you see in the Old Testament, when people were looking for the Messiah, they had all the verses that you and I look at today. And as we look at the Old Testament messianic prophecies, we see Jesus all over them. But when they looked at them, they were looking for an earthly king. So they did not see Scripture according to the way the Spirit of God gave it. They saw Scripture according to the way their flesh wanted it. Are you listening, church? Please hear me. Because when Jesus was standing in front of them, they missed him. The church missed him the religious people, the teachers of the prophetic messages missed him and condemned him. Okay? So please understand that as we look at prophecy, very respectfully, most people don't know what they're talking about. Okay? So I'm not here to tell you I do. I want you to know that I know that the end times are going to look different than anyone thinks they are. Anyone except God. Remember? jesus said these words before he left no one knows the time or day only the father in heaven amen church so the way it's going to be unfolding is the way god unfolds it and it's very easy to look back and interpret prophecy right anybody can be an interpreter of historical prophecy it's pretty simple to see it happens exactly like god says it will so I want you to know, as we look to whatever the end times are, they're going to happen exactly like God said they would. And so as we look in God's Word, I want us to hear this today. We are going to take the approach and the message today as if you and I are living right now in the last day. Okay? You get with that? We're looking at it as if. As if. Pastor Dave is not saying we're in it. I am saying we're going to approach it as if we are. Like it's happening right now. The whole deal. The Antichrist, the beast, the mark of the beast, and what that means, no buying or selling anything. Having no ability to be able to have those things. And so everybody that believes in the rapture right now is saying, I'm out of here. Nope, you're here. It's happening right now. Okay, so as if follow me because I don't want to do that anymore because we're going to just go into it like we're living it so let's just go into it right now as if we're in the midst of it and let's see what God's saying to us in his word and approach this from the very place that God wants his people to approach it from as we see the words the visions the prophecies the judgment of God all unfolding to us are you excited about that yeah In the book of Revelation, where some are all excited about Revelation and some are scared to death to read it. Talk about Christians, I'm not talking about the world. And it's funny how everybody, when they first get saved, they want to read the book of Revelation. It's like, dude, you need to read the book of John and know Jesus, okay? (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Stay out of Revelation for a while. Get to know Jesus. Guess what? Revelation's about Jesus. The revelation of Jesus Christ is the name of the book. The revelation of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? The full understanding is being revealed by God to the world. It is a book of celebration for the church and a book of judgment to the world. As if it's happening today. It's pretty interesting when you begin to go through the book of Revelation, if you ever sit down and read through it without stopping. It's a little bit, uh, oh, I was going to say easier to understand. I would say uh, you get more of it if you do that. How's that? I'll just say it that way, because I'm not going to tell you it's easy to understand in all ways. Here's the deal. As we read the book of Revelation and it begins to unfold, what we learn is it is God, it is God who is pouring out His wrath upon the earth. Right? That's what it is. I mean, I hope you've read it. I do, unless you're a new believer, then don't. But I'm saying most of us probably have. I'm saying like, as you look at that, it's God that is pouring out His wrath. And why is God pouring out His wrath? Because there is a very real conflict between, between the holiness and righteousness of God and sin, God hates sin, church. He hates sin. We tend to warm up to it a little bit. God hates it. And God will pour out His wrath and judgment upon sin. All sin. Yeah. It's pretty amazing and scary, isn't it? So we're going to kind of go all the way through for a second and jump up to chapter 19, which is where it's coming to the final conclusion here. Whatever's been going on in between, we're going to that point first, right? So in Revelation 19, see, remember who wrote this was the Apostle John, one of the only apostles who did not die for his faith. Instead, he was exiled on an island, like sent out there, eh, we don't want you around talk about Jesus all the time and so he was left out on an island kind of like what England did to Australia with their prisoners they just kind of dropped them on the shore and said see you later went back to England I mean that's real history in case you don't know that that's where they come from so what happened here is they took a boat over and put John on the Isle of Patmos and said see you later dude we've heard enough of you and your Jesus and left him and he was worshipping God in the Lord's day there's a good lesson for you but we're not going there he was celebrating there, even in his exile, who Jesus was. And God gave him a vision, and it's the book of Revelation. So John sees all this stuff. Can you imagine what he saw? I mean, it's, that's so cool. I look at it like, you know, we look at these amazing screens and stuff, and I'm thinking, you know, John was like in that. Like, you know, one of those IMAX theaters, 3D. It was all happening around him, and he's watching this. It's like so cool. Now I listen, here it is. In, in verse number 11, then I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. Man, I got a great imagination. I see it happening right in front of me. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. Man. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the Word of God. (laughs) Who is that? Come on, church. Who are we looking at? Jesus Christ, the Word of God, our Savior. Yeah. So he's sitting there on his horse. He's got this robe and he's got it dipped in blood and he is sitting there ready to declare war. Yeah. Yeah. He wore a robe dipped in blood. His title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven were dressed in the finest of pure white linen, and they followed him on white horses. Yeah. You see it now? There's this vast multitude behind him. They're all there in rows and columns and just as far as you can see an army all on white horses from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations plural nations planet earth you listening he will rule them with an iron rod He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. Kim and I were over at a vineyard in California and watching what was happening. We got a behind-the-scenes tour of what was happening, and they were just harvesting some of their grapes, put them in the wine press, and we were watching this. God had already given me this verse, and I was just standing there watching this, and I was like, God... He's so amazing. You know that? Seriously, just think about that. He knew I was going to be there. I didn't know I was going to be there. I knew I'd be watching that. He had me read these verses. He had them already in my notes, and I'm watching as this stuff just gets dumped into this machine, and it just crushes them, and the juice comes flowing out. Big funnel of it happening, and he's telling us, this is what God's going to do right here. Like juice flowing from a wine winepress, like, the fierce wrath of God. He's going to crush the nations. On his robe, at his thigh, was written this title King of all kings, Lord of all lords. Yeah. Yeah. That's who we serve. That's our Savior. That's our God. It is He we're looking at. This is an actual, factual future history. Make sense? John saw it happening because God says it'll happen. Church, what I'm reading to you right now is going to physically take place just like we're reading it. We're going to see it. Yeah. So listen, this isn't something that needs an interpretation. It's straight up. This is what he says. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky. Come, gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings and generals and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave, both small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the world, and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured. And with him, the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast. And who worshipped his statue. Both the beast and the false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Praise God. Our God reigns. Yeah. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse. And the vultures gorge themselves on the dead bodies. Okay. This is pretty serious stuff right here, right? We're talking about the nations of the world gathering together in force to come and fight against God himself. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be this way. And we are shown by God what will take place. He is showing us that Jesus Christ, our Savior, is victorious in all things. And the Christians are to celebrate and share in that victory when it happens. Amen? So he's saying, look, we're going to win this thing. I want you to know, God says, church, look into the future and know that I've got this. I've got a plan. I'm going to win. They're going to die. They're going to lose. They're going out into eternity to be lost forever. And I'm going to do it to them. God says that to us, church. So the ultimate victory is shown to us. It is given to us in this picture perfect illustration vision of God. And He says, I want you to know this because you're going to have to go through some stuff. Uh oh. <laughs> Man, we want to get on that horse and ride. <laughs> Go, Jesus. Kill him. Let's make it happen. Let's watch this victory come. No, he's telling us because he says, Church, you're going to have to know You're going to face some challenges. You're going to go through some stuff. There's going to be some difficulties in your life. It's not going to be easy. See, we're called by God to live a faithful, trusting, surrendered life to him no matter what's happening in or around our lives, right? I mean, we are called for one purpose... And one reason by God to live an obedient, surrender, trusting, led by the Holy Spirit, life. That's it. Galatians 6 says this, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So God's Word is encouraging us and saying, look, you gotta, you've got to live it. You've got to plant that seed. You've got to live in that truth. You've got to live there, and God will do something for you, through you, in you. And if you don't, you're going to get the consequences of that, right? So we are called to remain faithful in the midst of challenges being led by the Holy Spirit in all we do. Now we're jumping right back to the beginning of the book of Revelation. We're not preaching the whole thing, so don't get nervous, all right? But we are going back to something here that is critically important for us as we look at the churches that begin the whole Revelation process. When Jesus gives John this vision, he's writing to seven specific churches that existed right then and there in the, in the area around, right? So those churches existed, and what we read in the letter from Jesus himself to the churches was a letter that was talking to them directly about what was happening in their lives in the moment and what was coming, okay? So I want to be very clear with this. These churches are existing in the day of John. So 2,000 years ago, every one of these churches existed. Now, many prophecies in the Word of God have a dual prophetic meaning. They pertain to the moment, but they also pertain to our lives, right? So we're not going to get way lost on prophecy, and I'm not going into something to mess with us. We want to look straight up at what it says, who it said it to, and what God's saying. In the seven churches that Jesus addressed through John... Five of the churches Jesus called to repent. Okay, these were churches of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about false faiths. I'm not talking about anything that's out there that's messed up. These churches were churches that were established, built, and taught the salvation of Jesus Christ. So these churches were thriving in the Christian community and he wrote to them and said that they had some good stuff going on but there were some problems in the church and he said that the churches as a whole, five of the seven needed to repent. First, Jesus said, I know everything going on. I want you to repent and at the end of every one of those, he says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, right? Okay, so we know this. Listen, please hear what Jesus said there. Because at the end of the message that he gave to the specific churches, he also gave that message churches, plural. So the message wasn't just to that one church. It was to the churches. So the message is to all of us, every one of them. But I want you to hear this. In Revelation 2, this church was one of the churches that didn't need to repent, which is pretty awesome. They were doing what God had asked them to do but I want to read the message that Jesus sends to them here at church don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer the devil will throw some of you into prison to test you you will suffer for 10 days but if you remain faithful even when facing death I will give you the crown of life Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Okay. (laughs) All the excitement just kind of left the room, right? So this is the faithful church. And Jesus says, look, I I don't want you to be afraid, but you're going to suffer. See, What I keep hearing from people about this end time stuff is that, don't worry, we're going to be out of here. It's everybody else that's going to suffer. I mean, God's going to come and he's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of us, but this is Jesus talking to his church. Remember that. He's saying, look, I want to forewarn you, you're going to suffer. You know, church... I mean, this kind of goes right in our face, doesn't it? From the false sense of security that we have believed from the church and living in our country with the rights we have, the privileges of exercising our faith and everything, Jesus is telling us, look, I want you to know, church, you're going to go through some stuff and you're going to suffer. We don't know what suffering is. We, we, We think we do because of what we've experienced through COVID and things, but we don't know what suffering is. And I mean that. There was no sarcasm at all. When we read what God says to us right here, listen to me, church. This is God's word. This is Jesus giving a message to the church. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will, the devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. It's going to happen. It's happened. Everything I'm saying to you, everything we're reading about, has happened in history. We don't need a prophetic lens to look at the future. Read the book of Acts. Look at the apostles themselves when 11 of the 12 are martyred for their faith. Look at the apostle Paul as he travels and shares Jesus everywhere he goes and he gets beaten, stoned, imprisoned, finally get executed. The first uh, head of the church, James, beheaded. John the Baptist, beheaded. Look, I'm not telling you you're going to jump for joy when you hear this, church, but the reality is this is what happened. It's in history. It's going on in the world today. It's not being promoted. You're not seeing it, but people are losing their lives because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, as we read this, he's telling us the devil's going to come after some of you to test you. Now, remember this. This is one of the faithful churches The ultimate victory is ours and Jesus gives us that assurance if we remain faithful even when facing death. Yeah. He says you're going to be victorious. It's going to happen. You're going to be victorious. But you may face death. Hear the word of God. The faithful church was going to go through some earthly suffering And the result and the reason for that was a conflict with the devil. What? Righteousness and sin, holiness of God, perversion and corruption of the world and sin and the devil himself, right? So when we stand for the truth, we're not going to get cheered. People aren't going to come around us and say, Wow, man, well done. Great job, man. We love you. No. What do you think they're going to do? Why do you think the media, Hollywood, and all the entertainers, and and most, I should say, most of the entertainers and all these people of influence in the world are coming against Christ and the church? Why do you think that is? Come on. God's Word declares it to us. You want to know how I know that Christianity is true besides the witness of the Holy Spirit in me? They're not condemning any other faith out there. Right? Just sit back and think about it. No, the only one they will condemn is the one that has Jesus Christ in it. That's it. Let's hear what the Word of God says. You will suffer for ten days. But if you remain faithful even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. (laughs) As the righteous judgment of God is being poured out on the earth... And we watch this happening in Revelation and we open it up and it's like, is the judgment of God falling on us? I'm not saying it is. Remember, we're doing this as if. So there's, there's drought in places. There's going to be, and there is, you know, economic issues. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be, like, I mean, come on, man. You, you can see it. Anybody with common sense can look at our world around us and say, pretty easy to see how the mark of the beast is going to come about because everybody in the world is fearful for their life right now and they're just like, hey, you need to be vaccinated, right? I'm not telling you the mark of the beast is a vaccination. Don't, don't even think that with me. I'm saying, as we look at this vaccination argument and what's going on in the world around us, y- you telling me you can't see how easy it's going to be for the world to just stand in line and receive it? We're going to just stand in line and receive it, man. Like, yeah, you, you're the one that's going to save me. Absolutely, you got it all. They're going to do a little miracle stuff. It's going to happen, God's Word says, and everybody's just going to fall in line like, woo, you're the one. Crazy. So here it is as we're reading through Revelation and we watch and the judgment of God is unfolding and falling upon the planet. Revelation 14 says this, then a third angel followed them shouting. Remember this, these are God's angels that are doing this when you read Revelation. It's God Himself that's sending forth the problems on the planet. It's God who's pouring it out upon all flesh. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast in a statue or who accepts his mark on forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath. And they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshiped the beast and his statue, and have accepted the mark of his name. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. What an interesting place to put that verse. I always heard we were out of here during this. (laughs) I was taught I was getting raptured, and I'm like, okay, Jesus, I want to be raptured, but I'm going to tell you when and where, okay? Like, I I got some things I want to do, and then it's okay if you come back, right? I mean, you all had that conversation with him. So, you know, there is some kind of a calling up. I'm not saying there's not this, but the word rapture doesn't exist in the Bible, in case you were wondering, not in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic but we look at it like the calling up, the catching away. We've called it the rapture in First Thessalonians chapter 3 where the ark, shout of the archangel goes and then we who are dead in Christ, will, I mean those who are dead in Christ will rise first Then we will be caught up to him, with Him in the air and be with the Lord forever, right? So we're like, even so, come quickly Lord Jesus. If things start unraveling and things are getting a little crazy and I'm uncomfortable, I'm listening, blast the trumpet, send them out. I'm looking at God's Word, though, and this is what it says. This is during the time where God's pouring out His wrath upon the planet. And in verse 12 it says, This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying His commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. We're not talking about the Jewish nation here. A lot of prophets, prophecies and people will say, "Oh, that, that's all about the Jews that are going to finally realize they need Jesus. Hey church, we should wake up a little bit and understand something here that God's people, God's people, the followers of Jesus Christ, have been being persecuted since the church was born. Because of Jesus, people have been put in prison and executed for their faith. It's happened. Read the Bible, man. You don't even have to look at history. Read the Bible. And then after you read the Bible, go ahead and look at history. It's happened. And it continues to happen. And it's happening today. It is happening in parts of the world today. Where... The church of Jesus Christ is being persecuted. People are being arrested. People are being put to death. Families are being taken from their homes. It's happening. I look at the word of God and he says, look, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. All I'm going to tell you is this. I hope it's the Jews and I hope I'm in heaven. Seriously, I'm not even joking about that. (laughs) Like, please let me be wrong. Please let them be right. Let the rapture happen before any of this takes place. Amen. Right? But I read God's word and it's like, whoa, you must endure persecution. What? Patiently. That word is just, isn't it annoying in itself? (laughs) I mean, I'm being like a little bit, Humorous, but at the same time, God forgive me. Like I get impatient if I got to wait for like three people to do something and they're slow about it. You know, when there's three people in line, I'm like, why aren't they opening another cash register, man? You know, hello, anybody paying attention over here? You know what I'm saying? That's inside of me. Of course, I don't do that because I want to look nice and be nice there as I stand there in patience, you know, like, Yeah. And now I read in God's word, and he says, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently. And I'm like, oh, God, man, please help me, because seriously, I need you to help me. The Holy Spirit has to get a hold of me in this, and he is. Trust me, I pick long lines sometimes to help myself learn this. (laughs) I do, I'm serious, because I'm asking the Lord to help me to learn this. I need to learn it okay obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in jesus so it's the fact is that something's coming against us in maintaining our faith following his commands and being obedient to him something's coming against us god's word tells us this now what is happening is god's judging the sinful world and his wrath is being poured out therefore they are unleashing their wrath upon those who represent jesus makes sense to me there's the alarm going off it's a reality now <laughs> so it's very clear to me that God's word is telling his people we're going to go through some stuff right now we always kind of look at that as somebody else not us we're, we're looking like well that's hopefully it's a future generation not me And I look back at this and I'm like, man, you know, Lord, as I look at this, going through hard times, persecution, even facing death in prison, doesn't mean that God's like abandoned us at all. It's been going on, right? Because we live in a world of sin and human beings escorted sin into authority. Now, God has come against sin and made a way for us to get out of that. Right? Through Jesus Christ. We know that. But the reality is, we escorted sin to, to rule on this planet. And therefore, there is this conflict that's taking place. And it's real. And so as I look at all-powerful God and all that he is doing, he's not abandoning his people. He tells us plainly, you've got to go through some stuff. Don't ever forget this, that Jesus went through persecution suffering and death for us it's the only way we have life it's the only way we have hope okay so when he says to us you're going to have to go through some stuff we need to just step up and say yes lord now you're not going to have to deal with it in your flesh don't worry i mean seriously because god's promised the holy spirit to be in us And in the moment of truth, the Holy Spirit will be our truth. Whatever we have to face, we're not going to deal with it in our flesh. The power of God is going to overcome that. doesn't mean our flesh isn't involved. It's absolutely involved. But see, when we view things from our fleshly perspective, we're like, oh God, I don't know if I can handle that. No, you can't. just want you to know, no, none of us can. But in the moment of truth, when the Holy Spirit is needed and the grace that we need from God and the mercy comes, it's there every time yeah it's there every time when Stephen gave his life and martyred him you know you just read that in the book of Acts right I mean he was getting hit with real rocks and they hurt but when he looked up to heaven he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of the father and he declared that truth to everyone that was there that were executing him and he prayed for them in that moment while he was being hit with rocks. See, that's not flesh. Flesh can't do that. It's not. It's when the Spirit of God is in you. And the Spirit of God does that, which He does. James 1. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. We've read this before, right? An opportunity. So God is providing us many opportunities. And you have been given opportunities this morning. Going through troubles, conflicts, issues, challenges in life. All that stuff that's coming. Even if it is the persecution of the Antichrist, the beast, the prophet of the beast, and all that stuff. Even if it's that. Seriously. It's an opportunity. (laughs) You ever considered that? That the end times are an opportunity for joy? God's word says, hey, troubles of any kind come your way. Consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Isn't that awesome? God is good, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here we are, we're in the midst of the end times, we'll call it the tribulation period, like people maybe know about that, the seven years that we're three and a half hopefully are peaceful, and then the last three are all hell breaks loose, you know, and um, hopefully we're raptured before, if not, hopefully just as hell breaks loose in the three and a half year period, that's when the rapture takes place. Uh, you know, But if not, then now we're going through the three and a half years of hell on earth because God's wrath is being poured out and we're the victims of the enemy's opposition to who God is in their life. Wherever all of God's calendar unfolds, I know this. I'm going to be with Him. I'm going to see Him on a white horse. I'm going to watch that beast, that Antichrist, and all those who had the mark, and I'm going to watch them get struck down by my God. Yeah. Right, So, I mean, that, that. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that as, you know, like, that's coming, church. So whatever's going on in the moment, it's clear in the Scripture. It's clear in history. It's clear in this present moment that God's holy people are persecuted, hated. They endure stuff. They have to go through it, and they have to learn what it means to trust Jesus through it all. Right? The faith of the people of God is what carries them through the challenges that they face in life. And this is the testimony of our faith in Jesus Christ when we endure. When we do it. When we go through it. So, here we are. Let's just say that on the, the news tomorrow, there's this world leader that stands up that is the answer to all things. Tells you, you have to have this mark. You have to carry this with you. And so since we can lose stuff, we're going to just stick it in you, put it on you, forehead, hand, whatever. If you don't have that, you're not buying, selling, traveling. You're not going nowhere. you're not doing nothing. Now hear me right when I ask this. What actually changes in who I am, when I'm called to do, and what I'm supposed to do with Him. Not a thing. Follow me? Who I am is who Christ has bought me to be. What I'm supposed to do is surrender and be obedient to Him no matter what. What I share with others is that they need Jesus. None of that changes. Even if the guy comes out and says, I am the Antichrist, right? Even if they come forth and say, there is the beast. Here is the literal 666 for your hand and your forehead. Does any of that change who I am in Christ? Does it change anything that I do in my life? It doesn't change the way I serve Him, what I do, what I talk about, how I act. It doesn't. Church, it doesn't change me. It doesn't affect me. It does affect the surrounding world and the way I live in it, but it doesn't change me. I am a child of the living God. I am on the side of victory, no matter what. All right, so we need to follow that through then, church. What we're saying is, when God's calendar unfolds, nothing changes. We are His people. He's ultimately going to win. And whatever we got to go through in the process will be worth it. It will be, and it is. So the bottom line is... Are you His? Are you a born-again believer? Do you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior? Do you know it? If you are, then He is going to be on that white horse, the Word of God. And that sword is going to come out of His mouth and strike down the beast, the Antichrist, and all those who received the mark, and all the nations that came against Him. And they're going to. And I'm going to be there with them and I'm going to watch it. (laughs) I'm going to be celebrating. We're going to be shouting praises to our God. So here we are. As born again believers, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you right here and now? Church, are you living an obedient life? Are you all in? See, these are things we have to understand now because if we're hesitant... When we have all the freedoms that we have We have a lot of freedom here Come on If we're hesitant in our walk If we're not that committed If we're kind of shying away from stuff You're not going to make it You're not going to make it Come on This is the word of God He tells us You're going to have to face death You're going to have to endure You're going to have to go through stuff Are you ready? He is all we have to do is hold on to Him. I'm all in letting go of all the garbage that we're holding on to. Trying to make ourselves feel better in the world a nicer place for us. Let it go, man. Church, seriously, we've got to get real with this because that day's coming. And whatever it ends up looking like, there's some reality in those words that are telling us it's going to happen. It's going to get ugly. And God's the one that's going to create the major ugliness. And they will react to that ugliness to the point where they'll actually wage war against Him. Now, that's some crazy stuff right there, isn't it? <laughs> crazy real? Stand with me. We've got to get out of here. Before we get out of here, though, the altar's always open, right? We were just singing about that today. Oh, come to the altar. Father's arms are open wide. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, today's the day that you need to become one. If the Spirit of God is not leading you in your life, you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit's lead in your life. If you're not sold out and ready to deal with whatever comes your way, you need to sell out and be ready with whatever comes your way. I'm all in on this thing. I want you to know that. I'm not going to change who I am and who I serve no matter what. i are going to stand for the truth and we're going to hold on to God no matter what comes against us. Church, Hear me today. Hear me today. God is calling to his people to stand up. Stand up. People need to know that Jesus is real and he's available. He's a life changer. He loves you. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. Lord, we confess, I confess to you. I'm Like, I don't know everything that's going to happen, but I can see things that are. Some of it's very easy to see. Some of it's kind of hard for us to figure out, but you got it all planned out, God. You got us. So as we surrender to you today, we're just asking for you, Holy Spirit, to lead us in every way. God, we are asking for mercy. We are asking for a season of repentance and grace that others might come to know you. We also know God that you have a calendar and you have a time and we trust you completely in it we trust you God we are your people God if there's a place we need to repent as a church please Holy Spirit reveal that to us for we want to be your church Yes, Lord. We ask this in your name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for being here today. God bless you, man. He's awesome, isn't he? We serve a living God. King of kings and Lord of lords. That's who he is. Let's go do it. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.